All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We're going to play a game called Name That Tune. Can you name that tune? I would have guessed Swedish National Anthem. You're absolutely correct. My name is Dave Wadrelli, that is Harmon Dial, and we are here to talk about Team Sweden taking it to the gold medal. Can we get copyright strikes from, like, the country of Sweden? Like, where would that come from? Who owns the rights to the Swedish? Probably the country, right? Yeah, the government. All right, well, the Swedish government might come after us. We'll see. We'll see uh, if we get a copyright strike from Sweden there. We're here to talk about the World Juniors. I don't, like, I don't even know where to start because, oh my goodness... Our boys, Harmon, are going to the gold medal game against those guys from the United States of America. And hey, Canucks fans have extra reason, obviously, to root for Sweden, but also reason to root against Team USA for leaving Hunter Brustevich off their roster. So now you got all the reason in the world, Canucks fans, to be rooting for Team Sweden. And oh my goodness, as the title suggests, this is the Jonathan LeCarmacki show because oh my goodness, he put on a show this morning at 6 a.m., our time. Uh, Sweden took down Czechia. John Lukaramaki scores the go-ahead goal as the two teams are tied up heading into the third. Like, he's so dangerous on the power play. And we 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 always knew he had the shot, and we knew he was, you know, a g- good on the power play. But, like, I feel like that's a knock against players is, oh, well, he's, he's good on the power play, and that was basically it last season. Like, that was the conversation we were having around Jonathan Lukaramaki. But this season... And from what we've seen in the World Juniors, 
He is pushing his way to the front of the net. He is trying to score goals from different areas of the ice. And on the power play, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. How you doing goes to Ovechkin's office and just rifles one past the Czechia goaltender to put Sweden up 3-2. I don't even know what you can say about this kid. I am so impressed, so impressed with what he's doing at this tournament. Yeah, and, and not just scoring, but we've spoken about this earlier and discussing with Karamaki's performance as well, where he's making an impact on the forecheck. He's chasing pucks down. He's driving play up the ice. I really like that toe drag in the neutral zone to get around the defender on one entry. It just goes to show that he's impacting the game in so many different ways, which for a winger that I worried last season may have been creeping towards one-dimensional territory, it's exactly the progression you want to see. And for him to now have an opportunity in the gold medal game to, to bring it home for Sweden, it's fantastic leader for Canucks fans. And I can just imagine Hunter Brustevich with um, the Phil Kessel tweets and his drafts just ready to go. I mean, cause he's kept lighting the OHL up. I don't know if you've noticed, but yes, Dave Hall, who's going to join us in a matter of moments. He wrote about it. He's got the, oh, not Dave, but Hunter, Hunter Brustevich has the OHL scoring lead in January. He's leading the league. Yeah, 58 points in 37 games, but I don't know. Apparently not good enough for Team USA. Yeah, exactly. Don't even get me started. Don't get me started. But you know you know me. I'm day one Sweden, man. I love Ikea. I love some <laughs> meatballs. Actually, would really, have you ever been? Like, have you, where in Europe have you? No, you've been to Sweden. Been Sweden yeah, okay, tell me about Sweden. It's awesome. Nice. Seriously, it's it's unbelievable. It's worth a visit for sure. Also, I just want to say, Swedish bit aside, yesterday in that game, why can't I remember who they played? Anyways, they were in the quarterfinal in the quarterfinal matchup there, Switzerland, excuse me. And the refs kind of screwed over Switzerland at the end of that game. Yeah. And I just found it funny because it was it was such a non like it shouldn't have been a call. And originally it was a five minute major, and then it was taken down to two minutes. And although it didn't really impact the outcome of the game it gave sweden a ton of momentum and i just found it really funny that the the ref sp- spoke with a very heavy swedish accent <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm not suggesting there's match fixing or anything like that but the optics of you're standing there you're watching the play unfold the play ends the whistle blows and then whoever it was on sweden complains to you that he was like tapped with the stick from the swiss player and then you're like yep okay i'm calling that <laughs> and then you go up and you make the call with your mic and through this heavy swedish accent of like <laughs> yeah the optics funny. weren't good the optics were not good um anyways yeah it was it was it was great the optics were great today uh let's break it down further uh with our pal Dave Hall, who is brought to you by Greta, the home of our electric watch parties. Greta is Canucks Army spot to catch the game throughout the season playoffs and also our place to chill in the offseason, folks. I hinted at it the other day. Looks like February for our next watch party. Both Harmon Dial and I will be in attendance. Uh, and hey, you know what? He's invited. He knows he's invited. Chris Faber. I'm hoping he comes out, hoping he uh, has a good time. Got after it last time, so I'm hoping he comes out to this one as well but uh if you want to get ahead of the watch party and you don't want to wait till the watch party go check out greta greta bar yvr arcade bar street food lots of good stuff over there at greta speaking of good stuff let's bring him in the author of the weekly blackfish canucks army prospect report and the guy who's waking up to watch these prospects play and has watched every single game of the world juniors so far or at least for sweden i'm sure he's watched more than that too Dave Hall, let's bring him in. Dave, how many games have you watched of the World Juniors? 
Ooh. Uh, everyone, if, if yeah, everyone. not everyone, but it, it's it's been up there. My my family doesn't like me this week, but they know they they know what's up. They know what's happening. I someone told me that the Swedish national anthem didn't come through on the broadcast. Did you hear it when I started playing it, Dave? No, no, oh, I couldn't too hear bad. it. That's I, I knew what you were doing, but did it work? People heard that, right? It's kind of in and out. Darn. Don't yeah. know why it's not working. All right. Well, what I, it, what I can't get out of my head is the Swedish goal song because they play it at every one of their tournaments. So whether it's the the Five Nations or whatever it is, they have the exact same goal song, and they scored a lot of goals this year. And I I, I just can't get out of my head. Five goals today for Team Sweden. Yeah. Uh, just your takeaways from the game. Oh, it's just. I mean, obviously, it's great to see now that Canada's out. We can finally, you know, we're all honorary Swedes this week, so we can kind of get away with. You know, secretly, secretly wishing they were taking home gold, but uh, no, it was great. Right out the hop, you can tell that this group wanted it, especially Lakara Mackey. Just every single shift was he went out with purpose, and even though he didn't have any shots in the first period, he was forward checking, as you kind of alluded to already, Harmon. He was he was forward checking. You could just tell every shift that he really wanted it. This team has been knocked out two times in a row in the semifinals now, so they had a bit bit of a with uh, Czechia being one of the the team that knocked him out last year. So they wanted it. And, you know, Lakira Mackey was buzzing. Second period, he had th- three shots. Third period, he had six shots. He was he was just feeling it all game. And that third period was just absolute domination. So it's good good, good for them to win. I was hoping it was going to be Finland there for a little bit, but uh, we'll take US. Dave, you've watched Lakira Mackey closely in the SHL. So you've got a bit of a different perspective than a lot of us and, and Canucks fans that don't get to watch him on a night to night basis, every game of the year, from your perspective, big picture in terms of his development, what did you learn about Lakaramaki at this tournament? That he's got some heart. Like I said, he, he came out with a chip on his shoulder and look, there's a lot of pressure on him. Not like uh, not only is he a first round pick for the Vancouver Canucks. So everyone over here wants him to perform. He's also a third time uh, world junior guy in Sweden as the host team. So he's got a tons of pressure on him. Um, he's, you know, if he's not performing, Sweden's probably not going to be winning. So he's got a ton of pressure on him and he's responded extremely, uh, extremely well. And it's just been, it's just been so impressive watching him go out. So just his relentless, relentlessness and he had every excuse in the book to kind of mail it in and just, you know, not, not work off of what he, what he had accomplished already this year. And he just, he just showed everything that he had. And it's just nice to see just on almost on a personal level, you know, it's just nice for him to thrive and showcase what he can do. Dave, uh, I want to talk about Tom Melander because he's somebody I've noticed in this tournament. Uh, he had the secondary assist today with a strong back check, obviously, that kind of led to that. Uh, what have you made of his tournament so far and, you know, the role that he's played? Yeah, it's kind of one of those situations where he's been quiet, but that's also kind of a good thing. Um, if, if you watch him closely, he hasn't really, really been that quiet, but I can see how some people might think he's quiet because he's not he's not out there doing the flashy things. He's not out there in the pressure moments scoring big goals like Axel Sand- Sandin Palika. But, you know, he's still making a huge presence. He's playing a ton of minutes now. He's he's increased his minutes as the tournament gone on. He's playing a huge role in the penalty kill, which before today was tops in the tournament. Uh, they allowed a goal, so they dropped down a percentage, which doesn't really mean much when you're only playing a couple games. But um, but overall, he's just he's playing a really good shutdown. Every single game, he tosses out a couple hits in his own end, and just he's, he doesn't allow a lot of uh, a lot of uh, opponents to get past him. So overall, he's just doing a, a tremendous two way job. And there's a couple there's a couple times that you wish you you saw a little more on his transition decisioning. 
Um, but overall, he's just been sound, quiet, but very, very effective. And, you know, his skating ability is just, it's just second to none. You know, he, he doesn't allow too many people getting past him. So, uh, Dave, I, this question is going to come up because he scored a couple goals, a couple of big goals. I gave my take yesterday, which came from Faber's take, and Faber really doesn't like Axel Sandy and Palika. Uh, but Mr. Joke in our chat asked, do the Canucks already regret that they picked Willander over ASP? Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, look, that's fair. Sandy Malika is going to be a really good defenseman. Like, make no mistake of it. He's going to be really good. But it's also, when you have a guy like Quinn Hughes already there, young, going to be there for quite some time, it's kind of one of those things where Willander, I, I, in my opinion, is probably the better two-way defender. You know, he brings that defense, the defensive element. And if they can actually develop his offense, he becomes quite uh, a powerful asset. So I think overall in the long-term scheme of things, Willander, maybe Sandy Palika is the more skilled player in terms of offense. But with Quinn Hughes, I just, you know, he's not going to take over Quinn Hughes on that spot. So I think Willander was the smart choice because he's, he's a hell of a skater and he's got that defensive acumen. So. Alvin seemed to insinuate that he may spend another year in uh, college next season as opposed to immediately turning pro. Do you think that makes sense for Willander's development? Yeah, I do. I, I, it's fine. You know, Lane Hudson's probably going to be gone. I, I don't see how he wouldn't be at this point. Um, he's going to be the go-to guy in Boston. Just gives him time to kind of, you know, gain his reps even further to be that go-to guy. He'll get another chance with Sweden next year in the World Juniors, uh, probably as a go-to guy. Well, actually said he Pelica will also be there but you know I just think overall he's just gonna there's no sense in rushing him you know he's still adjusting his game he's had a really good season but there's still stuff to work on so as much as we want to see him in the pros and if they did I wouldn't be you know too upset I don't you know I, I think he'd be fine in the AHL but at the same time if you're not gonna I, I just I, I think it's a good I think it's a good call Okay, and third prospect, <clears throat> obviously Elias Patterson. We haven't talked a ton about him. We haven't seen a ton from him, it feels like. But what have you seen uh, from EP2 or DPD, as some people call him, which they shouldn't? <laughs> he's, he's the shutdown guy. Um, you know, I've, I've obviously watched quite a few games of him, and he's actually impressed me as well. Now, obviously, he's playing, you know, U20 skaters, so the competition is they're not as big, and, you know, his hits are going to be a little more... Uh, more blatant but he's he, he gets at least one to two massive hits every game right now and he's just intimidating the heck out of his opponents he's playing tons of minutes penalty kill and yeah he's actually kind of kind of shocked me just as, as defensive and uh, aggressive as he's been which has been nice because I, I have noticed a little bit in a season that he he you know there was a few moments where he's a little bit lackadaisical with uh, his plays and he just wasn't as urgent as we're seeing him at the world juniors and so it, so far, it's been really good. He hasn't shown a much offense, but there is some offense there. He has a really good first pass, and he's got a pretty decent shot, and he's a good skater. So I think overall, there's a lot to be excited about, um, you know, as definitely a, a number three defenseman in the NHL for sure. And predictions for the gold medal game. Is Sweden going to bring it home? <laughs> it's going it, to – I think – I said this from the get-go too. The big difference is going to be power plays you, with both sides. You can't take penalties on either of them. So it's going to be tough. Um, I don't know if the States have a hell of a team over there, but I do, I think overall, I think Sweden's experience and def defense, maybe I'm a little biased here, but I think they will take it down. It'll, it'll be a close matchup, but I, I think, I think they'll take it down. That's the right answer. That was the right answer. Yeah, exactly. We were just we talking about it. I might paint my face blue with the Sweden flag on it. I don't know. I'm I'm all in on this team, man. I really want to see them pull it off. And not just for Canucks. Well, mostly for Canucks reasons, but also, come on. 
after what they did to our boy Hunter Brustevich, friend of the show, big Lego guy, Hunter Brustevich. I think a lot of people know that, but you know, when he came on the show, him and I were talking Lego. You thought baseball talk was bad. Faber was going to blow his brains out <laughs> listening to me talk about Lego with Hunter Brustevich. But uh, yeah, Hunter Brustevich, good guy. USA left him off the roster. Go Sweden. Yeah, do it for Brew. Do, do it, it for brew. brew. I love it. Right. And yeah, there's added motivation for John Lucarmacki. I don't know. I'm pulling, I'm pulling everything out now. Uh, Dave, thanks so much for doing this, man. Much appreciated. No problem. Have a great day, guys. You as well. Dave Hall, uh, our Canucks prospect guru over at Canucks Army. And man, he's doing a great job. Like you go read the stuff that we've got over at Canucks Army uh, from Dave with all the prospects. He just, he covers it so well. And it was great because Dave came in before Faber left his post as Canucks Army's prospect guy. So Dave was there to help Faber. And then when Faber left, we were like, okay, well, we already have Dave here. And Dave just stepped in and he's just taking the ball and absolutely run with it. And he's done a fantastic job uh, with the prospect coverage over at Canucks Army. So thanks again to Dave. Uh, I love this. We've got we've got some people in the chat. We've got disagreements about ASP and Tom Willander. I gave my ASP take yesterday. Not going to give it again, uh, but I do agree with a lot of people in the chat that are saying stuff like ASP can't defend. And I, fu- I fully agree with Dave's point. Like you already got Quinn Hughes. I didn't like the idea of like when we ahead of the draft, I got a sense pretty early that the Canucks were either going to take a defenseman or a center, prefer- preferably a D-man. So pretty early, as soon as we knew that, okay, they're going to be at 11, you were kind of looking at, okay, what D options do they have? And ASP was there, Lander was there. And to me, especially having spoken to other people about it, nobody really looked at ASP as a good stylistic fit yep. on the blue line. Yeah, he's a positional fit as a right shot defenseman, but he's an undersized offense first, power play one quarterback type defenseman. So will Lander stylistically makes more sense with this team. Now that isn't to say that guaranteed will Anders going to end up with a better career than ASP because they're prospects, but certainly if the Canucks had ASP in the system, we'd be talking about him as, okay, there's a really high ceiling there. He's an exciting prospect, but how is he going to fit in two or three years when he lands on the blue line? Uh, Are the Canucks even in a position to maximize his offensive output? given that you already have Hughes and now Hirona too, because you got two defensemen now that are unreal offensively. You also get to a point now where can you imagine down the road where if you had Hughes, Hironic and ASP, and you're talking about you want to be the type of team that goes deep in the playoffs and yep. win a Stanley cup. I don't know if man- management would even have confidence in you've got three guys that are not that big. And making it making up half yeah, your blue line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like Quinn Hughes defends well, but like we've poked holes in Philip Ronick's defensive game, right? Like you need to have those two-way guys. And hey, that's what Tom Willander projects to be. People in the chat are pointing out he's getting the comparisons to like Charlie McAvoy, a great two-way defenseman, right? Like not a shutdown guy, not an offensive guy, but a guy who can give you kind of the best of both worlds. And I, th- I found it really interesting what you said yesterday uh, about the style, style of player that a guy like ASP is. And we talked about... Um, why am I forgetting his name? Niels Lundqvist um, as one comparable who, yeah, you know, when that whole saga with the trade with the Rangers was coming down and Lundqvist was a part of it, 
you know, a lot of people kind of looked at it and said, well, where's Lundqvist going to play on this team? Like, is that a defenseman that the Canucks would even want to target? And I mean, the simple answer is probably, yeah, if, if Philip Ronick can play with Quinn Hughes, probably knows Lundqvist could have as well, but the Canucks obviously go in a different direction. And I don't think they're really regretting that decision no, not at all. Uh, as well. And I think it kind of comes back to the same thing. You know, I'd, I'd really be curious to kind of, and it's hard because when it's reported trades and stuff like that, like often management won't talk about it. But like, if you could give like truth serum to Jim Rutherford and sit, sit down with him and be like, Hey, like um, explain this trade, how this trade fell apart, explain the process of why you guys maybe didn't love the idea of bringing back Philip Heedle, Nils Lundqvist in a first round pick. Uh, in a trade and just you know that kind of stuff i mean there's other stuff you would ask him as well if he had uh, truth serum but um yeah it'd how be long is Elias Pettersson gonna sign for tell us right now <laughs> i don't think he knows you'd be wasting <laughs> your know. truth serum i wish he, i bet he wishes he knew um <laughs> but very good point although he, he might have a better idea but anyways um tomorrow we're gonna dive in heavily on all the conversation kind of around the uh, the the trade deadline and and you've got some stuff prepared as well. We saw a tweet from Sat that kind of got us thinking as well last night, and I think we're gonna focus on that a lot tomorrow. Uh, but for today's show, anything else that you want to say about Sweden? Because we got gold medal game tomorrow. Do you have anything else before we move on? Nothing more on World World Juniors. No. Okay. Good because I got a lot. Not World Juniors. Uh, Vancouver in St. Louis. Let's do this right now. Let's do our light the lamp uh, contest. So people, be ready. Do I have the team right? Yeah, I do. All right. <laughs> Vancouver is playing St. Louis tonight. We want to know who's going to score the first goal for Vancouver. If you nail it, you could win a $25 gift card to the Four Winds Tap Room located at 72nd and River Road in Delta. Enter by following us on social media. Keep an eye out for today's show clip and comment who you think will light the lamp and score the first goal tonight. Winners will be contacted directly. Check us out at Canucks Army or at Canucks Convo on Twitter, at CanucksArmy.com on Instagram, and Canucks Army on Facebook. And make sure you ask about Four Winds Light light lager at your local liquor store or have some delivered to your front door through the online shop at fourwindsbrewing.ca. And post-game, be sure to tune in to Rinkwide Vancouver. And folks, be sure to like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube channel. And if you're on the Apple Podcast or the Spotify, leave us a review. Subscribe to the podcast there as well so you never miss an episode. And if you're on the podcast, we had a few of these yesterday, and you're thinking of joining in on the YouTube live show, go check out the YouTube channel, Canucks Army, live Monday to Friday at 2 p.m every day as we are right now uh predictions for tonight who's gonna score the first goal dakota joshua revenge game against his old team i love it i totally different player than when he was with the blues and yeah i love it i love that pick Harmon. and hey you know what I, no one's gonna believe me i know i know last game i was going to say ian cole like as a joke like i was thinking of just throwing out a random name and i was gonna be like oh yeah noah Juleson or ian cole and i was gonna say ian cole but then i i chickened out and i went with uh, Elias Patterson, sure enough, Ian Cole scores his first goal. So tonight, I'm saying Noah Juleson scores his first wow. goal as a Vancouver Canuck. Wait, that's not his first goal, is it? No, he scored. Um, He's going to score tonight. The first goal Elias, for the Vancouver Canucks. Elias Patterson for me, just because he lights up Jordan Bennington, seems like every game. I love that. Also, that, I'm still sour about his the Calder Trophy comments from a couple of years ago. Yeah. Also, Noah Juleson does not have a goal with the Canucks. How many career wow. goals do you think Noah Juleson has? In his NHL career. I'll give you games played. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll get it, set you up for it. He's played 94 games, 23 with the Habs. Or excuse me, 23 with the Habs in one season, 21 with the Habs the next season, then four with the Panthers, and then Canucks since then. How many goals does Noah Juleson have as an NHL career? Two. 
nailed it. Yes. I low-key kind of oh. peeked over here. Oh, <laughs> it's exactly two. And of course, Charmin cheated. Like, this guy yeah. went to hockey DB as you asked that question. I no. guarantee it. I, I didn't type anything in, but I can see from a very far distance. I couldn't tell for sure, but it looked a little bit like a two. Okay, okay, whatever. Anyways, the last time three. I played a game with you. Yeah, hey, at least I was I'm honest about it. I could have acted like I actually knew that. My actual guess would have been one. That's also a good guess. You would have been close. You would have been very close. Uh, okay, moving on to the actual game. Can we get the lines up here, Grady? Um, this was from... Kate Pedersen had a bunch of reporting. Uh, from St. Louis, and Batch kind of put it all together on Twitter to throw together some line rushes. Uh, this is what we're likely to see. Sam Lafferty moves to the top line with Elias Patterson and Ilya Mikheyev. Uh, Pia Suter playing with JT Miller and Brock Besser. Uh, obviously, Joshua Bluger Garland's not getting split up. And then Hoaglander, Amon, and Carlson. And I believe Kate's tweet was that Kuzmenko and Hoaglander were rotating in and out on the fourth line. So it looks like it's going to be either Hoaglander or Kuzmenko as the healthy scratch this evening with Phil Giuseppe out. Linus Carlson, who was called up yesterday, gets into the lineup. Uh, at least it looks that way. And based on Kuzmenko getting reps with power play one, which is another thing that Kate reported, uh, it looks like Niels Hoaglander is going to be the healthy scratch. Now, I don't want to get too much reaction to it because it hasn't happened yet. And we also thought he was going to be the healthy scratch last game. But any surprise at all there? Well, I am surprised just in general that Carlson's going to draw into the lineup right away just because I know he's played well in Abbotsford, but in the three games he's played in Vancouver, he hasn't really been that noticeable, right? And it's not that he's played poorly, but he's not a guy I look at and go, oh, well, you called him up. You have to draw him into the lineup. And to me, if, and of course it is just an if because Talkett said that it's going to be game time decision on who actually comes out. If it is Hoaglander that comes out, I just don't understand why you have to take Hoaglander out, who's played pretty well this year, to fit Carlson in. For what? What's Carlson yep. really bringing to the table that Hoaglander doesn't? I guess he's a safer, quote-unquote, safer option in that. Is he, though? Like That's what I'm saying. Like Maybe he won't try the Michigan pass. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, I, even, even if it was Kuzmenko, like, I, I think, yes, Kuzmenko struggled and... He only played, I think, 11.48 or something um, in that Ottawa game. He hasn't been playing well. We know that. But I also think that you may as well just, at least at, at, some, po at some part of the lineup, keep him to try and get him out of this funk. I don't think consistently yanking him out of uh, the lineup is um, is going to work. It's like... It's like you're taking a laptop and just like continually, continually bashing on and off, on and off, on and off. Like just let the laptop sit there and maybe it'll finally like slowly get slowly turn on and actually start working again. Yeah. It's like the crunch those numbers for me. Okay. Crunch them again. Okay. Crunch them again. <laughs> it's like, yeah, nothing's going to change if you continuously repeat that process. Yeah. I, again, we don't know exactly who's out, but I do agree with you that the idea of scratching a Hoaglander or Kuzmenko here. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And I look, I'm, yeah, I, I don't want to re repeat everything you just said, but Linus Carlson getting in the lineup surprises me uh, a little bit. Again, I know he's played well in Abbotsford, but man, like it just, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because I'm thinking, like, what's your long term? What, what does this provide you in the long term? And what does it provide you in the short term? I think arguably, Nils Huglander is a better NHL player than Linus Carlson on any Arguably, given night. Uh, he flat well, out is. Okay, sure. Safer. Let's say safer, because that's what sure. you brought up, okay. right? But 
I think he's safer too. Like I think Nils Hoglander yeah. is a safer player too. I don't even think that argument holds much water. And I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll react more to it tomorrow. Let's not focus too, too much on that. That's your Demko starts in goal. Uh, looking for his 100th career win, which would put him past Jacob Markstrom for sole possession of fifth on the Canucks all-time franchise wins list. He's already at fifth. I'm curious where this guy's going to end when he ends his career. Like, I don't think he catches Bobby Lou. Probably not. No. Probably doesn't catch Longo because uh, he's not starting 70 games in a season at any point in his career. But, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because they flashed on the broadcast when he tied Jacob Markstrom in the last win that he had. Um, he's getting close, man. He's getting very, very close to like third, second. Like he's probably, he might, I think Kluche is fourth right now. Um, he might pass Kluche either late this season or very early next season. Like he's going to pass Kluche before this contract yeah. is over. Um, but yeah, just interesting thing that I uh, wanted to bring up. 100th win. He's looking for his 100th win this evening against those St. Louis Blues. Um, okay. Anything else from the game? Because again, I wanted to keep this preview from the game pretty brief um we're gonna have a lot more tomorrow on big picture stuff i wanted to get to this uh in anyone else. are you good to get to anyone else or yep. did you want to bring up yep. anything okay a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, let's get to anyone else presented by DoorDash. It is our listener's chance to get involved and hit us up in the YouTube live chat. And it's also our listener's chance to get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. That's right. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's all capital letters, NATION, and the numbers 25. Offer valid in Canada. Subject change. Terms do apply. But okay. do conditions apply? Of course they do. When do they not? Conditions always apply. Speaking of conditions, my goodness, it was rainy today. But it's it's turned out to be a pretty nice day. Like it's it's turned out to be pretty sunny. But uh this was one of those days where I looked outside and was like, no, I'm driving to work. I'm not taking the sky train today. And I did. I drove to work and it was great. Listen to do you listen to the Kelsey Brothers podcast? 
No, I don't. I I've just started listening to it. It's good stuff. I like it, man. I'm a, I'm a big Swifty. People know this, but anyways, let's get to anyone else. Let's get to anyone else. Uh, Mr. Joker, are the All Star Game players announced yet? From what I've heard, and I poked around a little bit, uh, it looks like this evening at like five o'clock Pacific is what I was told is what we can kind of look for, like the first intermission of the um of the Sportsnet broadcast. I think we can see that. Uh, I think they'll announce it then. Not sure exactly who it's going to be. I think we kind of touched on it yesterday. Quinn Hughes is probably who the NHL is going to select. And um, I was listening to Hal from Bruff this morning, and those guys were talking about it too, that you have to think Elias Patterson does not want to get selected there. Because think about the All-Star game, how much national media there is, right? And, and those guys all want to talk to the players about topical things, not just All-Star game stuff. And what's a very topical thing with Elias Patterson right now? His contract, which he does not want to talk about. So I'm sure Elias Patterson is hoping he is not selected for the All-Star game. Jesse C., is Linus Carlson called up because he's the most deserving or because he's the guy they don't mind sitting in the press box compared to other options? It's an interesting uh, it's an interesting kind of perspective on it. I think it's because he's the most deserving right now in Abbotsford. Like, it's pretty clear that Vasily Podkolzin is going to spend the entire season down in Abbotsford. And look, Abbotsford last night, the Farmies is up on the on Canucks Army as well. Uh, Abbotsford blows a three-goal lead in the third period and eventually loses in a shootout. Jet Wu took the third shot in the shoot, third round of the shootout uh, for the Abbotsford Canucks. Jet Wu took the shot. Um, and again, Linus Carlson, obviously, not with the team down in Bakersfield, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a loss for Abbotsford He's- last night. He's deserving, but the other contributing factor is he's 24 years old. Mm -hmm. Like, at some point, you need to see what you have in him and figure out, is he part of your plans or not, as opposed to some of the other guys that they have are still a little bit younger. Like, even an Archie Baines is still 22. So, whereas with Carlson, there's, there's really no runway left in his development. He is what he is right now. Typically, when you're 24 years old, sure, you might improve a little bit here and there, um, but for the most part, the vast majority of Carlson's development is pretty much done. He's, he's approaching his um, mid twenties now. And so it's time to see what you have in him and that, and make a decision accordingly. Fair enough. Uh, Karan, what happened to PD's improved faceoff skills that we talked about from the off season? I know I didn't talk too much about PD's improved faceoff skills. I just talked about his stick flex because I talked to Elias Barrison a lot about his stick flex and, you know, he, he even joked with me about it. Like I said, oh, did you move up stick flex because it helps in, in, in face-offs? And he's like, yeah, I mean, it does, but you wouldn't know it based on looking at my numbers. And I don't know. Like, were people talking a lot about Elias Patterson improving in the face-off circle? In the early in the season, it was. And you know what? His numbers are up. They are. Yep. 48.4%. 102 stick flex this year. Compared to 44.1% career average. Like, that's... a a noticeable tick he's not yeah he's improved a wizard in the face-off circle but a definitive improvement there his previous career high in a season is 45 percent. so uh andrew christensen asks or anyone else <laughs> your favorite swifty song do you, do you listen to taylor swift at all i do yeah okay so i'll go first because i've been i've been digging lately and i bet people won't guess this one so obviously cruel summer you've got your classics right you've got cruel summer you've got love story hard to beat those but i've been really digging Mr. Perfectly Fine lately. That's been a good song. I don't think I've listened to that. Oh, it's a good one. I've listened to a lot of like, I don't go out and, oh, new Taylor Swift albums dropped. I'm <laughs> going to play this. That makes one it's of us. It's more just like, I 
I hear like a song on the radio and I'm like, oh, this is a banger. I'm going to add this to my playlist. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I, I think, um, I don't know if it's the title of the song, the one that's I Knew You Were Trouble. Is yeah, it? that's the okay, title. Yeah. Yep. yeah, that's a banger. It is. Absolutely. It is. That one's off the Red album. Um, also, did you see this? That uh, someone got AI to write the song that she's going to write if Travis Kelsey and her ever break up. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever seen that? I, I haven't. It's called Flag on the Play, and it's with Taylor Swift's <laughs> voice because it's AI, right? And it's just full of all these football puns, and it's like, I wish I could go back. I got to find this. Um, it's like, I wish I could go back to the day uh, that we met or whatever, and it was like, and throw a flag on the play, and it's like, <laughs> it, it it literally is perfect. It's, it's so funny because, yeah, like as much as I like Taylor Swift, the breakup songs like that are very fun. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. Okay. This is from the from AI. AI wrote this. You stole my heart. You intercepted it. Now you're gone. Have to accept it. Did I meet your mom too soon or did I do what I always do? Yeah, we made it to the 50. Then you kissed me. We made it to the 40. A new love story. We made it to the 30. You did me dirty right then. You put the end in tight end his position uh and as i touch down just like you in a game i'm in another town and nothing feels the same wish i could go back when we met that day whoa and throw a flag on the play that's actually pretty good that's poetry that's poetry in motion baby and i i gotta be honest like it's uh yeah i i don't know man i that I was just... solid but i'm throwing a flag on this whole segment the cat <laughs> wants no more swift talk i already have to deal with blake price and sicaris talking about it every every day daily updates about kelsey and swift did really i didn't even know they I, touched on that wow why what what's the relate like a pop culture crossover you know there's and i mean let's be honest it's huge for like sports business and obviously we've seen all the ratings and tv appearances but yeah i mean we're a sports show we're not tmz let's let's not forget that this is amazing people in the chat <laughs> This is making people miss baseball talk. <laughs> yeah, we should stop. Yeah, we'll we need stop. a okay. ranking of, of the least favorite quads topics. Baseball, we would have BCHL, we would BCHL, have Lego, yeah. Otani specifically. Otani specifically. <laughs> so stop. Yeah. The Mariners okay. like bullpen depth, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The long relief, Isaiah Campbell takes. Okay, uh, Corey Anderson. Not really a question, but I'd like your guys' take on the debate on the locker room panel between Jamal Mayers and Jen Botterill on the code in hockey and retaliation. This was very... Did you catch this? I did, yeah. Okay, great. So this was last night. Uh, this was the conversation that they had all about Cole Perfetti, uh, Kaprizov, and Ryan Hartman. First of all, I want to say I think Ryan Hartman's a scumbag. Uh, in the bubble, I, I'm sure you remember this, uh, when it was that play-in round with the Minnesota yeah. Wild and the Vancouver Canucks, Ryan Hartman as the series started to get away from the wild started to just take runs at like Elias Patterson. And, and there was that dangerous play where Elias Patterson was in a really vulnerable position along the boards. And Ryan Hartman drove him right into the boards. And there was obviously a big response from the Canucks after that. And in that, in that scenario, yeah, retaliation's fine because it happened right away. But I just, I don't know. Cause, and, and the context that we should give is Brendan Dillon. Um, he took some cross checks at Kirill Kaprizov's lower back and he was intentionally trying to hit him right above where your hockey pants ends and your 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 upper body gear ends as well. That little bit little bit of room where you can hit a guy um, in the flesh, and he caught him. Like Kaprizov went down in a lot of pain, you could tell, and he was trying to hit him there. That was premeditated. That was intentional. 
and he's out indefinitely. Out indefinitely, and failed failed to the league failed to address it. Like, but the, what I will say yeah. is like I don't know. You see those those types of cross checks a lot in corner battles. Mm-hmm. Like I, to say it was premeditated. Uh, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. I I will disagree with you there. I don't. You think... see a lot of the, you see a lot of cross checks, but like. The way he went at the first one, the first one is a normal corner battle, in my opinion. When I look at this play, mm-hmm. the first one is a normal corner battle cross check. You are right. You do see those a lot. The second one was, damn, I missed him. I felt, I felt pad there. I gotta go a little bit lower. Boom, got him. That's what I that's how I look at that play. I don't think that's a traditional. I think it's okay. Here's their best player, right? Like I, I think that was in Dylan's mind at the time. I also think, like I just said. Yeah, I hit pad the first time. I got to go lower and make sure I hit this guy properly or higher. I think he actually hit his pants the first time, not the pad on the top. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know, man. I think, and, and you even look at the situation with Nick Cousins as well, right? Because this is also coming up. And my my take, I'll let you, I'll let you give yours as well. But my general take on this is that should have been a call. That should have been properly addressed by the league. There's a lot that needs to be properly addressed by the league. And a guy I'd like to have on the show soon, uh, John Scott, who hosts the Drop in the Gloves podcast, he has some different takes on this and, and speaks about the game when he played when there were enforcers in the game like himself um, and, and how things are different now. And basically his take, like, he's not coming on here with his knuckles dragging along the ground saying, yeah, they, they got to bring back enforcers and this wouldn't happen or there's more, there needs to be more retaliation. There, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. He has the take of, and I don't want to speak for him, but like one thing I've heard him say is like, you're not properly addressing it. And one thing he's brought up that I find really interesting is with like hits in the numbers. Um, you know, any contact to the head, you've got to call it way more, um, aggressively than you will in maybe two or three years time to actually get it out of the game. You really need to set a standard where, you know, if you hit a guy in the numbers, we don't care too, too much about what was happening right before it, or there's context obviously that matters, but we're going to be really strict about any head contact and any hit in the numbers. That's going to be an automatic two or three games. And yeah, you can appeal it and we'll look at it there. And we're going to be really punitive and really aggressive for two or three seasons. And then hopefully after two or three seasons of being really called really aggressive in terms of suspensions, guys are facing real penalties for these kind of hits. Then it comes out of the game. Then that kind of stuff comes out of the game. And then you're able to dial it back a bit. And he brought up, um, you know, kind of how they've brought in different rules. Like, I'm sure you remember uh, when the new rules with slashing the hands, right? Think of how many how many penalties there were in that in that first season where that was starting to get called on like Henrik and Daniel Sedin slashing guys in the hands, right? Because it was always allowed when they played. But then in like 2017, I want to say, it started to become against the rules, like especially preseason. How many calls did the Sedins have against them for that penalty? Because that was a routine way to defend for for years and then now we don't see it as much nearly as much yeah what i will say is i disagree with the idea that it was premeditated but like i'm not saying it was dirty right we we can agree on that but the context of it is right before that kaprizov crushed dylan with um a reverse hit which was clean but it to me it was clearly more of a spur of the moment i got knocked down and like I'm, I'm taking a couple cross checks, mm-hmm. which is dirty. You do see it, and you don't want to see it. But to me, the reaction from Hartman was just, you can't do that. Like that, the but way on Perfetti, he, yeah, that's and, way more egregious to me. And for people that haven't seen, you're absolutely right. And for people that haven't seen it, it was on a face off. He did the old, um, 
accidentally on purpose, I'm going to high stick you right after the face off. And he nails Perfetti, who's a young player in the game. And this is what I really liked about what Jen said on the Sportsnet panel yesterday was that this is a young player in the game. And if you want to, you know, like, if, if, if I, the crux of this problem is the officiating and the Department of Player Safety not doing their job. The players yeah. clearly don't feel like they're being protected enough out there. Right, and they also they, know they can get away with retaliation because they have to take matters into sure. their own hands. There's, there's another aspect an, of it. An eye for an eye. You take out, you know, our star player, and not comparing Perfetti to Kaprizov, but you know they're gonna go. A guy like Hartman, as you mentioned, who's like a shit disturber. Let's call him what he is. Is gonna take liberties like that. And Perfetti then came out and admitted the fact that uh, he told him he was gonna do that, which is interesting because. They cannot be penalized for being mic'd up uh, in the CBA, which yep. is a whole other dynamic to this. But, you know, I kind of understand the both sides of it because this is what hockey has been for decades now. It's a violent sport and you have guys out there who are being, you know, crap disturbers and are going to do anything that they think gives their, ch- their team a chance to win. And how many times have we seen dirty acts like this? lead to another one and then it compiles into something and this can all be avoided if you know if the referees or the player safety jumps in front of this ahead of time so you don't have guys like Hartman being a prick out there and I didn't like what he did but those guys have been around the sport of hockey since the inception and they're not going to go away anytime soon what might happen is guys like John Scott are going to be moved out except for Hartman can actually play and those players, and I think one of the reasons why we saw so much outrage over this is because there's not a lot of guys left like Hartman in the league who are willing to do that. Like, look how effective Matthew Kachuk was at, uh, you know, egging guys on. Sam Bennett, same thing last year in the playoffs. Like, these guys want to draw reactions out of players. And, you know, at, at two teams like Minnesota and Winnipeg, they've had some bad blood in the playoffs over the years. And, like, they're close, close in proximity, too. So, you know, there's an element of like big boy hockey, like violence is still in the sport when you have a bunch of grown ass men running around with no boundaries and wanting to take cheap shots at each other. It's kind of the nature of the game, which, you know, I know we're trying to move away from, but I think that's always going to be around in the sport of hockey. Uh, lots of really good feedback in the YouTube live chat here. Andrew Christensen said, y'all better get ready for playoffs because there's going to be a lot of scummy plays at the end of games that will Absolutely. lead into the next game. And I know it's been a while since we've seen real playoff hockey in this city, but yes, that is going to happen. And that's another issue as well, in my opinion. Um, you know, and he even said on the panel yesterday that the rules go back five years. The rules go back like 10, 15 years in the playoffs and the whistles are put away and we know that. And you, you, you have to find that fine line because I don't know, man, it, it's just right now. I think the, the, the real root of the problem is that players themselves do not feel safe on the ice and they don't feel like the league is providing enough justice for these kind of plays. And um, again, I, we are going to have John Scott on. I've just decided we're going to talk to him and get him on the show on. for his opinion on this as well. I don't think it's that they aren't protected enough. I think it's the inconsistency. Because what you also have is, you know, perfect example uh, last night. Did you see the Bobby McMahon hit? Yeah. Actually, no, I didn't. So dangerous. He, well, here's the thing. Who the hell is Bobby McMahon? I don't, that got, that I don't got like called. those hits along the boards when guys are kind of off balance. There's times where the guy getting hit needs to, you know, be aware of where he is. But a guy like Bobby McMahon, who's trying to stay in the NHL, who's been an AHLer, is going to take 
runs at guys, right? So, but the point I was gonna make is like, see, I was actually gonna argue that Minchikov was so far away from the boards that yeah, it should have been a two minute, but he, I didn't think it warranted five in a game misconduct. Yeah, like yeah. This is shoulder yeah. to shoulder, like it's just shoulder to shoulder, well, like. Dude, uh, like, but look, it's that area though, right? Like that's such a dangerous area where guys but, are yeah. in and around the boards where they start to turn. Like, but he's like he's three so feet from, from the boards. boards. Yeah. Like that's not boarding. Like that's yeah. you just caught a it's guy off balance right who. Yeah. Like, let me put it this way: if let's say Sam Lafferty or Dakota Joshua makes that hit on somebody else, or Tyler Myers does, every or Nikita Zadorov, every Canucks fan is gonna watch that hit and go. That's two minutes at most. Yeah, like, like Tyler not... Myers would get two minutes for being tall on this play. Yeah. And and, and that's being called um, five in a game, right? So Yeah, that's – I think that's too much. I really do. And and you do see that a lot where now nowadays because big hits are, aren't, aren't happening happen. as often, sometimes they get called penalties just because they're big hits. We've seen this with Myers, right? Truba too, right? Like some of his hits are dirty and then you get some really clean ones. Maybe not really clean, but borderline, but because he's the player who he is, you know, it's a reputation call. So, yeah. And so I think the, the main issue that I sort of have is I don't know what's going to be called a penalty on a given play when it comes to, you know, physicality. And half the time the players don't either. And that's why I think, you know, instincts kick in, sure, but we see so many clean hits now and, like, a guy will just jump another guy and it's like, that was a perfectly fine hit, but they're far and few between that guys just want to react and then you get into the whole standing up for my teammates thing and, you know, we don't want to be tossed around and all that. So, yeah, that's – uh and they're not going to go away, to be honest. Like this, again, like I kind of said earlier, these are guys who kind of play on the edges and fringes are good. I've become unicorns in the league. Like look at a guy like Tom Wilson, right? For years and years, like he would play on the fine line of what's legal and what isn't. And he ended up being a pretty good integral piece of a cup winning team in, in the Capitals. I just find it really funny that the guy of Italian descent was wearing a wire. Like Cole Perfetti's wearing a wire, and that's how we know Ryan yeah. Hartman meant to do it. Yeah. And then he tells reporters he was wearing a wire. So good. I wonder if you know what they're probably gonna have to fix that in the next CBA. Because apparently that's been since like the 05 lockout. That's been a well, wire. basically, yeah, basically my understanding of it. Um, but that goes with the whole code, right? Like, oh, this guy's snitching on us. Like, you shouldn't. He's a young sure, player. Sure, sure. I don't even want to get into that. But, but basically, my understanding of it is like. Players don't love being mic'd up, but they get right. paid for being mic'd up as well. So that's why they oh, do they it. get paid for it. I didn't know. At least in MLB and NFL, I actually should know if they do in the NHL. I don't know. I'm the sure MLB ones are great when they're making like double plays, like live in action and like commentary. Yeah. Oh Joy man. Votto. Yeah, that's great. And they do that. Those guys, actually, I I know the MLB rate is twenty thousand. Like you get paid twenty thousand dollars additional per game that you wear the mic. I'd and be like, like mic me up every game. <laughs> Make baseball more exciting. I'm all for that. Yeah. I love the sport, but there's no denying at times it's a it's a slog fest. Yeah. Um, NHL mic'd up, so just like, let's go, boys, let's go on the, on the bench. Yeah. You know, great. The, the mic'd up. And like, so funny. You know, during the all-star game, uh, like the NHL all-star game, how they'll communicate, like on the broadcast, they'll interview a player during the game. Like those are those are so fun. They do that during regular season MLB games. Like that's that's the difference is it's not like mic'd up and then the team goes through all the footage and puts through like they're live on tv they're live making plays 
at the oh, highest cool. level of their sport and they're doing like an interview and that's why grady said like they they will in the middle of an interview be like sorry guys one second i gotta make this double play and they'll like <laughs> stop talking so they can focus on making the play that they need to make and who is the guy cool. there was a guy on the dodgers that did it this year quads uh miguel cool. rojas yeah that was yeah. awesome yeah i have a good impression of him but i won't do it anyways um <laughs> Yeah, of that clip. It's it's great. It's so awesome. It's so great. Um, anyways, yeah. Did we want to get to anything else? I feel like actually Yeah, like I don't know. We gotta have John Scott on. He had a really I really liked his take on uh player safety in today's day and age. And uh I'd really like to talk to him. So I think we're gonna have him on next week. Just, John Scott. Just yeah. quickly, Osnox got a good uh question here. Uh ask anyone, <laughs> which Knox player or coach would you like to hear mic'd up during the game? Uh, I think talk is very vocal. I think Sergey Gonchar would be really funny because from what I can tell, he never talks. Like Players are like, yeah, I was talking to Sergey, and I'm always like, prove it. <laughs> I would be JT Miller or Zadorov because I just want to hear guys going up to him and he'd be like, what are you going to do, huh? You, you want to mess with me or something to that effect? Or Ian Clark. And, well, they've done that. They've mic'd up Ian Clark at practices, and it's just so funny. So, yeah. like, I, I love I love hearing By that. By the way, as a bit of a side tangent, I do think it's interesting that having conversations with, with players, chirping's basically dead. Oh, yeah. Like, for the most – like, you, there's barely any of it left. Uh, and so I think that, like, just as a, a sidebar, because, you know, we don't – on a game-to-game basis, we don't get to hear everything – Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly done. Like there's almost nothing, which was really never um, know who's wearing a wire, <laughs> which, which was for me really interesting to sort of um, hear how much it's changed over the years. Uh, Mr. Joker brought up that Jacob Markstrom was mic'd up and he dropped an F bomb. I think that one was live too. So that was live. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. As far as I understand, like I thought that was at the all-star game, that one, but anyways, and, and obviously there was a uh, Tyler Sagan's famous, uh, Sorry for swearing, Canada. Uh, you've seen that? He swore during the All-Star game while wearing a mic. It was, oh, I I it was like that, no. the S word. And then he was like, sorry for swearing, Canada. It was great. Um, well, okay, there's one more. I remember Tim Peel when he was mic'd up about the whole makeup call thing, right? Well, oh, yeah. Like, in Detroit. Yeah, the so, rules that players have clearly don't apply for officials as well. Yeah. Um, okay, Jesse C said this one, and I want to close on this one. Quads knows every goalie in the DEL, but not Bobby McMahon. I love it. Who cares about the Leafs' fourth line? Yeah, I like. I know who Bobby McMahon is, but when I heard the name, I'm like, who the hell is that? Like, I, I was like, what? I don't Anyways, blame you, but... I had one anyone else that I wanted to close it out on because this really bothered me. Pull it up, Grady. The Toronto Sun headline, after my wagon ducks take the Maple Leafs to overtime because of course they did. The Leafs can't pick up a regulation win if their lives depended on it. Uh, Austin Matthews saves day in OT after no name goalie vexes Maple Leafs is the headline in the Toronto sun. That no name goalie is none other than Lucas Dostal, who by the way is 23 years old. Like this is a young guy. So yeah, he's making a name for himself and the Anaheim Ducks replied to it. My Ducks replied, and I loved this, on Twitter. They said, his name is Lucas Dostal. He had 55 saves last night. He was NHL Rookie of the Month in October. Be better at the Toronto Sun. What a garbage headline. What a garbage headline that is. And it's just like, the world revolves around you. I know, I know. Nobody knows who Lucas Dostal is. But here's 30 reasons why Eric Schalgren is going to lead the Leafs to the promised land. Like, come on, just give it a Did rest. Did you guys see Steve Simmons started trending because everyone thought he <laughs> wrote the headline of that article? Because he works for the Toronto Sun, which is like, 
you know, tabloidy, like, you know, right wingy kind of just stretches things out to, to the truth. So yeah, oh, there you go. So good. Oh, so good. Corey Anderson, you only get chirped if you're Drance asking JT Miller a question. Uh, social media killed chirping in hockey, said Andrew Christensen. Yeah. JT will chirp anyone anywhere. <laughs> no, that's the, oh, for he's sure. the one exception. Yeah. Yeah. And not exactly. just Drance. Like, no kidding. You see a ton. And also, the other thing, like, if you're getting chirped by the players, it's because they respect you. Like, I've never been chirped by a player. I don't know if I should take offense to that or not. Honestly, I might. I might start taking offense to that. Drance and JT get along well. Like, I, I've yeah, seen it. Like, it's not like, it was a fun roast, but it wasn't anything more than that. Uh, my, one of my favorites, and I'm sure he'll be okay with me sharing this because it, it wasn't really a chirp. It was just a really funny thing. So Daniel Wagner, his post-game reports are called I Watched This Game, right? Like that's what yeah. he calls his games, uh, his post-gamers. And he asked a question to Travis Green, and it was over Zoom too, okay? He asked a question to, to Travis. And uh, Wags like had a big preamble, I think, in his question. And then... Basically, at some point in his que- in his answer, Green worked in, I watched the games too, Daniel. Like, he just slips <laughs> that in there, and I just loved that. I thought that was a very funny response uh, from Travis Green. Uh, way back when. We're going back in the old time machine there. So, anyways. Travis was really in tune with what the local media conversation was. Yes, he was. Very in tune. We have Must some have stories. Had a burner. Must have had Oh, a for sure. 110%. For sure. Does, didn't, didn't anyways i don't want i don't want to get into the conspiracies <laughs> but i'm pretty sure a lot of canucks management past and new a lot of their burners have been discovered it's always funny when you find a burner because it's like here's an account that hasn't tweeted anything but is liking every pro this person in canucks management reply <laughs> and sometimes is replying to everything negative about said person so anyways um i don't know could be like a cousin or something i don't know Anyways, uh, this has been a fun show. This has been a fun show. We'll be back tomorrow to break down the gold medal game between Sweden and those scumbags, uh, the United States team. And uh, okay, tomorrow, didn't have to call them scumbags. They left Hunter Brustevich off the roster. I know, but let's be somewhat nice. No, disagree. Um, and of course, we'll be back as well to break down Vancouver versus St. Louis. But before we do that, we need to get to our Betway Bet of the Day brought to you by our friends over at Betway, pull it up here, Grady. Betway, Betway, Betway. Uh, yeah, simple. Sweden to win the tournament. Sweden to win the World Junior Championship tomorrow. A ten dollar bet at plus one one forty five odds returns you twenty four fifty over on Betway. Betway, Betway must be ninety plus play. If you choose to play, please play responsibly. We'll close it out there. For my co-host, Harmon Dial, and our technical producer, Grady Sass, my name is Dave Crivelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Canucks Conversation with Harmon and Quads every weekday at 2 p.m. Be sure to check it out on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. And if you missed it, go check it out on your favorite podcast catcher app.